platform for the BAU crew, but we're we're lining it up. Who knows? We might get some visuals for all you listeners out there if we decide to <laughs> share so, these hey. pretty faces out into the wild. But you will be getting it's out true. Of some some prettier than others. Some prettier than others. You've always been mean to me, Joe, but that's all right. You're the nice. guy. Yeah, that's okay. It's true. It's true. Right. Yeah. You look like you're uh, you're staring into the sun there, Pat. You're burning bright. Yeah, that's just me, mate. I burn bright. So it's about time I hit the <laughs> Nice. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of Elton John on a on a Friday night. Don't let the sun go down on Patrick. Yeah. Yeah, baby. It's definitely been a week of uh, of hard hitting sun. I reckon I nearly got flown off into the orbit um, midweek, <laughs> hanging on. We only got yeah. power last yeah. week, so. I'll take any sunlight, any bit of calm that we can get. Um, yeah, I definitely found four different religions in one minute for a while. <laughs> no kidding, Gippsland. Yeah, for those of, those of you who don't know, just got absolutely trashed by the. Um, I think um, it was the biggest like weather change in the history of Victoria. Yeah. That uh, that wind front that came through. So it kind of missed it missed us here a bit on the peninsula. So we didn't, there's very little damage yeah. and stuff down here. I reckon we kind of were out of the window. Don't rub it in, mate. Gippsland got absolutely <laughs> trashed. <laughs> Don't rub it in. Now, Gippsland, Geelong as well. It's, uh, it, we can touch on it a bit, but yeah, telecommunications has definitely got a bit to answer for. But it was, yeah, we were rinsed. I could, we got a view here. So you could see a storm coming through. We thought it was just the front. And this is on a day that, you know, some of Victoria was on. We've got like a, I'm sure on fire. International yeah. listeners all got a different sort of, your fire crews or your emergency services have different days that they categorize. And we were on, at some areas, catastrophic. Uh, we weren't mm-hmm. here. We were like the third. But then all of a sudden, it, yeah, it kicked over. Um, and it just looked like a normal storm come through. And I was just getting in the washing and as... Because I just finished work, went inside and like, storms going through, then went outside, get some washing, and then it just went whack. And within 15 seconds, I saw trees breaking that are like our tallest gum trees just falling. And I was literally hugging the wall with my back there, just trying to watch and see if something's going to knock me out. And then ran inside and just um, tried to hold it together for the kids and just waited it out. Yes. It was... It was yeah. the scene, but yeah, that wasn't unfamiliar. And even some, yeah, some poor friends and colleagues further up got smashed in Merbu North. That was that was horrendous by the sounds uh, yeah. of it. Um, so it was really weird. It was really concentrated in certain areas. Um, we felt it here a little bit. Yeah. So that's where we are. So Elton John, sing it to me loud. It's a beautiful day here. We've cleaned up a little bit, and and here we are. But. Um, yeah, you got your uh, you got your power back, which is which is the number one thing, isn't it? It's amazing when you don't have power, how much you realize that you use power for absolutely everything that you do. Yeah, you realize how vulnerable you are. We've got Starlink here, but didn't have the generator, so um, couldn't wage a little mini war over here to keep it running. But it was it was a scene. But yeah, I think it's about time I jumped in a hot minute and jumped out of um, the old plan. All right, and, gonna, and sort of- how fired up are you this week? I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to hearing to it. And remember, it's a minute. It's not ten minutes of my life. So let's uh, let's go. All right, here we are. We're talking about shared value now. 
values often goes over the heads, but this is where we land around. And it's a whole that I've noticed, we've noticed. It's a, And it comes and pulls in a fair few threads that we talk about on the podcast. And that is around, you know, where do we have the common square? Where do we actually feel connection? Like, what is that all today? And I think the answer lies around in governance and it's more around what do we actually share? Where's our shared ownership and what is that and how is that communicated? And then how are those decisions moving forward um, made or decided upon? And that's really where as we transition from a greener future into a hopefully a greener future, not a more uh, ragged future where, you know, telecommunications down all different forms of connection are down. It's like, how do you start to own and collectively share that ownership and start to feel a sense of pride in it versus a sense of shame or a sense of, you know, not wanting to participate in that. And I think there's a few things that come into that and that's around the um, being able to be transparent in decision and where funding goes. So I think we can jump in from there, but that's where it is. And it's like how the challenge for us all now is how does that actually, how do we do that? And what does that look like? Definitely. Yeah. No, well said. Well said. Um, yeah. I think the, I guess the, you know, the, the, the start point of it is that we, did we ever used to share value? Like, I think that's, I think it's, is it a new behavior to me or is it a, is it an old behavior we're trying to reestablish? I mean, what do you, what do you think? Like, is this a, is this a new thing? I mean, it's always existed in like, you know, everything from kind of like commune culture to kibbutz to kind of, you know, all the way through back to kind of pioneer villages. But the, the infrastructure exists in terms of how governance works and where, like in terms of at least Australian national governance and who owns what, like, there's definitely state, there's federal, and then people vote on parties and where that sits. But the actual ownership mm. of assets and the ownership of infrastructure is still sits there. And that ownership by definition is is by the people. It's just that we've forgotten that it is by the people. And I think that's where we're missing the mark and what that means. And I think if we can pull it back to it's owned by the people, then there's going to be different conversations than what we have now where it's surface level and you start worrying about what one leader did had for breakfast or what they invited because it becomes nearly void because it's more about the bigger picture and where we're going from here. And you can start asking bigger questions around what are we actually leaving our our future generation or what, like, are we leading them into just further burning piles of shit or are we actually starting to build something out of here? And they're the questions that we need to answer now. Otherwise, the world's just going to keep happening to us and we're not going to get on the front foot. And, and to answer your question is we just don't, we have that structure there regardless of whether we have the ownership or not, like whether it's in there. I'd say we do, but we've been always, humanity's always been cruel and we've always had outsiders, even though they are part of the community and we've never executed that well. I've never seen the existence of that doing well. Hey, there's always hope for it doing better next time. But the actual structure of ownership's there. So it's actually peeling back some of the bullshit and being like, well, this is actually where our money's going and this is what it actually owns and this is what we could do with it and here's some like for sure transparent piece and here's some possible paths forward what do you think and then leave it up to the machine to, to send out whatever message you want and you would decide, you decide what it to be. yeah i guess it's like i mean you, you're you're kind of you're really hitting on something i think that maybe we don't talk enough about like overall in society is that 
the digital world is not free, right? So the, there's nothing in the digital world that is actually free and of of the public. So if we think about that, like the internet, not free, yeah. right? So yes, we control the the spectrum, but you have to pay to access it. All the information on the internet, not free, right? Yes, you can search it, but a lot of it is kind of more and more behind paywalls, etc. But the kind of the idea, like you, you talk a lot about, about like the public square, like we did used to actually have that, that was kind of, you know, the right of all to be able to kind of assemble in that space. But that doesn't exist in a, in a digital future in the way that it's being currently constructed. There's nowhere for people to actually be able to share that without some form of corporate entity in between that conversation. Mm. Right. There's no there's no government in a digital world. There's none. There's fractions of and they're all trying to buy that. And like doing a limited research into this rant of mine, it was like government, at least in Australian context, owns or has a stake or a play in all utility, all sort of touch points where it is shared use except digitally. But they have a big say in building the infrastructure that assets have been built or big companies, the big seven, have been built on. And that's where that shared redistribution and that's we could skew this conversation more to digital and what that actually means moving into the future and how to actually start carving up and sharing that pie or, or oxygen now, however you want to, however you want to communicate <laughs> yeah. that. It's, it's valid. But... Um, how we do that is going to be fascinating and call upon history and call upon, you know, who did what, where, and what does that actually look like, which that's messy, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, I listened to um podcast this week that was talking about exactly that, like, uh, you know, um, antitrust and kind of in the, in the U S and how, you know, the actual kind of, um, the kind of uh, the antitrust kind of, I guess, commissioner or whatever it's called in the States, like, you know, they have less people than they did in the seventies to deal with the cases that they're, that they're dealing with, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of around these mergers and stuff. And, you know, really what happened, if you think about the privatization, particularly in like places like the U S really around like rail and kind of telephone and stuff, they are way, they're almost exemplars of kind of what happens when, this stuff actually gets privatized that way. Whereas here in Australia or in Canada or other Commonwealth countries, like the railways were kind of weren't really privatized until the eighties or nineties. They were actually kind of owned really through government, government control at some level or state control at a, at another level. But in a, in the digital sense, we're, we're just not there. All right. There's no, there is, you know, I mean, Starlink in theory, like just because you mentioned it off the top, like that you use that and that's kind of your connection to the outside world. I mean, that's that's completely separated yeah. from government. Right. So that is like that is a completely private asset that's being built across the world. But yet, you know, more and more of the world relies on it for their connection to the Internet, which is becoming more and more privatized. So it does, you know, as we we're talking about last week, it feels like government is five steps behind and this is becoming more and more consolidated into almost like a post kind of country world where you can really start to see a world where you know kind of the control of these types of things is out of the the control of of government yeah and then as a people where does that actually leave us let's say for argument's sake what we could do is use it like as a private and public hospital system and the innovation wheel has has led us so far down the track of, you know, where internet's gone and argue, argument's sake, where, wherever you are on the spectrum of gov, pro-government, anti-government, 
sort of businesses being incentivized to innovate fast and, and break shit and break arguably some of humanity's um, good <laughs> yeah. and bad traits. But we are where we are now because things have moved very, 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 very fast. But going back to the public and private hospital approaches, now we know that the internet and our digital lives are a utility, a bit like water, a bit like electricity. There would be an option for a private and public service and infrastructure. And what does that actually look like? And what does that mean? You start like, it wouldn't have to get to that break. You know, there could be challenges from that. And what does that look like? And, and then there'd be interesting conversations around shared value. Like, what are you trying to build and why you would, why you would search on the government infrastructure, why you wouldn't, depending on, and it's probably good to have both because depending on who's, who's in government, how you sit and how they interact with your personal and, and private life, you may not want that. And that's fair enough. There's some, as we know right now, and this podcast could have gone a complete different route at the moment. There's some horrible stuff going around and that's enacted by governments. So this, it's, it's such a double-edged sword as we walk through these different te- technologies, but it definitely, you, the picture you painted last week and the picture you're painting there is, is that really, you know, opposite to utopian space where we end up in yeah exactly like it is a you know it is a dystopian future it's kind of everything that you know when you like you think back to the you know kind of tim berners lee and the kind of the charter of kind of html and kind of freeing the world's information for all like we're we're at the other opposite end of that but i do like i think that's a really great analogy that you draw in terms of like having parallel systems that actually kind of so there is a minimal viable way that you can have access to it but I guess maybe it comes back to like digital access is not a right, right? And really like, you know, kind of access to a digital world, to have your digital identity, to be able to actually participate in a digital economy. Like that's not really enshrined anywhere, like when you actually look at it, but maybe that's the way that government in particular actually has to start to think about this. It's less about, taking on kind of like the big seven, so to speak, it's much more around actually enshrining the rights of their, of their people to have access to this, to be able to, you know, to freely communicate, to be able to actually, you know, protect their identity, to participate in commerce, et cetera. But at the moment, that's, it's almost being done through our existing constitutions, not necessarily perhaps where we, where we need to go. Yeah. And that speaks, that point really speaks to the pace of where things are at and like the continued pace of where things are going in terms of innovation. And then our our ability to, to pick things up because we work in business. We both know that innovation is the edge and no more so than right now where it's a bit of a stagflation vibe. It's like, any little piece, any little get up that you have, you are going to use to be able to get ahead. And that's how companies' pace is going ahead. And as a legislator sitting there, you're like, where is this? You write one piece and then all of a sudden <laughs> there's no in void. It's, it's a tricky minefield. I'm not trying to excuse the lack of, but definitely there needs to be, yeah. you know, an understanding of what's government's role in that. And is it a new infrastructure piece or is it enshrining citizens' rights? And then it's for digital and uh, digital product owners and platform owners, mainly Big Seven, how they interact with those citizens in different countries and what that actually looks like and what they should be held accountable for. Um, 
yeah. that's that's probably a good way to look at it and you start to get those digital identities. There's a good story, a good news story of a library reimagining what it actually offers, which is cool. Just yeah. to take it sideways. So tell me more. It's a cute little story, yeah. anecdote. If you want to hear it, I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, well, tell us. Yeah, I'd like to Are hear sure? it. Yeah, so keep going. hear yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> but you're playing hard to get, Patty. Yeah, you're playing hard to Just get. Just trying to bring yeah. some Friday cheer to um. <laughs> yeah, please, 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 please tell me. Some hard hitters over here. It's um, you can you can um sign up to the library, and it's and it's all is that I suppose using old infrastructure to reimagine what exists in new infrastructure. And that's like you have an Audible membership, it's a shared membership and they've like broken a deal with Audible owned by Amazon around how you hire audiobooks or how you hire different assets that are oh, hid behind a pay- paywall. And it's like, it's the same bookshelf. Like you, you have to hire it and then put it back. You can't hire heaps and there's only certain amounts. So it still has that real analog feel in a digital space. Yeah. It's It's those sort of reimaginings of what, old institutions were and government or like community service and access points to information that what that is digitally I think is is an interesting one because there's so many because and we've spoken about this so much it's such a digital literacy piece that needs to go along with this and this isn't a piece that's like this is this is the right answer it's more this is how you can navigate it this is how you can check you know if you want to figure those things out and maybe have a little bit of help along the way that's great. No, that's great. Because I mean, I, th- I think that's the like, that's the main, you know, like reflecting on even our conversation last week, that's actually my main bugbear with all of it is that it's like the drawbridge is being pulled up on on people, right? So it's kind of like, unless you have a certain amount of income and a certain amount of access and already have a pre amount of education, where do you then go to actually be able to access this type of stuff, right? Because it's, you know, that's the, that's, that's a really great kind of way to start to think about that, like reimagining the library and about how that, that, you know, being must be provided to people, I think is, you know, the, the counteract to, I guess, a you know, a free market that feels less, you know, it actually doesn't feel free. It doesn't feel like people can participate in it anymore. And, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, this thing that I was listening to, it kind of talked about, like, it's no longer monopolies, it's monosopolies. I butchered that. But it's the fact that there's only, there's only certain buyers for products anymore. So then it's kind of, it's, you know, as then someone selling into that, you almost can't actually make a living, etc. So it's, these forces are going both ways. It's about access to things, but then also like, who there's only one person to sell to, right? So that's, or to actually receive the product from. And those two things in tandem are actually what we're living through. Yeah, and when you say those mesopolies or whatever you're trying to say, uh, mechanopolies, um, the Greek islands. (laughs) Mechanopolies is probably a better way of saying it. Um, You're meeting more of the top tier product that only can be accessed by select few. Yeah, yeah. So like Apple, right? So basically like to to not sell through the app store is there's no other way to do it, right? And, you know, like, the European Union are trying to kind of make that um, work, et cetera. They're trying to do it more through legislation, but maybe what we're talking about here is actually a different way. It's actually about an, a right to actually access these things and enshrining that and, so that that's kind of the, the future. It feels like that's where this all needs to start to head the more and more we talk about and it. And what that does is then it plays into those other things we were saying earlier is it would play into what a digital identity is, what you're answerable to the citizen 
and what's minimal service you have to be to be able to operate in there to be able to you know reap those profits that you have been for years and years and probably will continue unless some other whip snap comes through and ai's the hell out of your brains and creates a bigger one exactly. that's that's the alternative because <laughs> we live in a, a economy of scale but government has to remember its voice but i think it it comes back to that government only has a voice if the people feel like government has a voice otherwise it is just a tool for corporate power and that's my yep. that's my view you can take it or leave it but in the end it's it's an engaged populace that really should be the driving force of that and we've lost 100 percent. yeah it's true yeah even though we have to vote here in australia so and it's coming yeah. back i think some of the good things that might come, you know, hopefully doesn't get pushed on to, to minorities, but, and you're seeing that over in America with close the, you know, close the Texas walls and all of that with the big truckers heading there. That's pretty wild scenes, but, um, you know, really where cash is being spent and what that actually means. Um, often it does get scapegoated, which is, which is a gnarly thing, but around access and information and, and, and people being able to, you know, have a utility that a shared utility, I think is an interesting one, but yeah, there's plenty of ways to, to have this solution wrapped up, but, uh, it, it's a complex way to get something across the line. That is. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it might be the simplest solution is just to make it, you know, just to make it a right of everyone to actually have access to these types of things and think about that. Our world is now kind of, truly digital so how as a digital citizen do you have digital rights and actually points of access and kind of you know reimagining government for this era that we're actually kind of um, entering so that the people do as you you know you rightly point out have a voice against kind of these you know um yeah like large forces that are controlling our world yeah and then uh, good luck to the weather forces it's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. All right, right Pat. Well, uh, we better let you go back to uh, get back to chopping up some more wood and um, scaring some uh, scaring some animals out in the paddock there. So we better let you get back gonna to be, it. It's going to be shirts off and basking some glorious Gippsland sun, baby. <laughs> nice. Yeah, safety first, buddy. Safety first. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll have to give the muscles a rest, I think. Yeah, it's pumped. Pumped. Yeah. I even saw a little flicker there. That's good. Yeah, mate. It's on out here. So it should be a good weekend. I hope you have a good weekend. And I hope the listeners, uh, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, um, you've brought a little bit of smile. Yeah, you a have tiny, a tiny flicker of thought. Hey, yeah, don't go crazy about don't go crazy what your rights. Top. Think about your rights as a digital citizen. What are they? What are they? Yeah, digital citizen. Hmm, what's that? All right. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> All right, buddy. <laughs>